Hello, happy, happy May 1st, y'all. I am recording this intro on May 1. I cannot believe it's May. I hope y'all are having an amazing start to your month and an amazing year so far. I'm super excited for this week's episode. I have a current client, a current Strong Starts Within client, Sonia. She is on my podcast this week, diving into her experience. She had come from a background of a lot of fad dieting, yo-yo dieting, um, and she had a lot of like limiting beliefs and mental blocks that um, we had to kind of work through to start eating more food because it's really fucking hard to do that. So she has an incredible story. Um, She also just launched a blog, which she talks a little bit about. I will tag her in the show notes. I will tag her blog in the show notes. Definitely give her a um, follow, support her blog, and let's dive into this episode. And I can't wait for y'all to hear it. Hello, Sonia. Happy Friday. Hi. How are you? I'm good. It's Friday, so I'm excited. TGIF. Yeah. <laughs> Are you doing yes. anything fun this weekend? Probably just enjoying the Florida sun. The Florida sun, yeah. I have a big bridal shower coming up, which I'm excited about. Um, it'll be it's like a, it's a Botox party thing, so I'm curious to see how it'll go. Oh my gosh, fun! Is it for is it yours or a friend's? No, it's a friend's, but it's like okay. a discounted. It's like a couple dollars off each unit or something. So I'm curious to see what what the options are. That's a really, really great idea. I'm taking notes on that. <laughs> um, Very unique, all right, well, for sure. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Well, welcome. So for all y'all listening today on the podcast, I have one of our current clients, Sonia. I'm super excited to have her on. Um, so why don't you just kind of introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you, and then we'll kind of just get chatting. Yeah, sounds good. So my name is Sonia Sutaria, uh, formerly Hadimut. I just got married and changed my name, which let me tell you is a whole thing. <laughs> uh, for those listening. Uh, however, I am from Texas originally and I live in Florida now with my husband and my dog. Uh, and uh, my background is in software consulting, but now my husband and I, we work together and we own our own business. Uh, and yeah, that's kind of where we're at. And I just started a blog. So yay! Yeah, we'll definitely talk about the blog. Um, what kind of business do you guys own? Uh, it's pet retail. Very cool. So you guys have a storefront out there in Florida? Yes. Yeah. Very cool. What made you get into that kind of business? That's out of curiosity. Yeah. So my husband was in real estate. I was working a very corporate job. Uh, you know, COVID hit, you know, I was working from home, um, you know, in the beginning of COVID real estate was doing pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. But however, you know, we, we were looking for other opportunities and honestly, this opportunity came to us and we decided, you know, we didn't have any kids. We don't have any sort of permanent, uh, mm-hmm. you know, responsibilities. It was a great opportunity to kind of move and try something different. And um, at the time, I still had my corporate job. So eventually, as we expanded the business, we bought multiple locations. Uh, we decided to so cool. all in. That's exciting. Is that what brought you out to Florida in the first place? Yes. Oh, okay. So you're somewhat new then. It's been only a few years. Yes, very new. Okay, cool. Do, do you see yourself like staying out there for the long while with your husband? Or what, where do you guys think you'll end up? No, we don't love Florida as much as we love Texas, which obviously. Yeah. Uh, but it is, it's actually really great for a lot of people that move down here, especially snowbirds. So there's a lot of, a lot of diversity in Florida, but we don't see ourselves here for a while until we can get the business kind of self-sufficient. And mm-hmm. then hopefully we'd like to move out. Um, I know we just got a location in Memphis. So we'll be moving there for a little Gosh, bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's we'll, so exciting. And then we'll our oyster. <laughs> I know. Also, I want to know the name of the business too. So I can tag that in the show notes in case any of our listeners are like local to where y'all's storefronts are. So I'll get that. Yeah, definitely. 
our our stores are called Petland. Uh, they're all independently owned, and we have one in Fort Myers, one in Sarasota, and one in Memphis. Yay! So cool. Awesome. Um, all right, so I'm excited to have you on. I kind of just want to chat through some things health and fitness related, and also I know you want to talk a little bit about your blog. So I definitely want to help grow that blog for you. Um, so I think like for you, I know that, and I think so many women and a lot of our listeners who are listening to this can relate to this of like, they are not eating enough, they're under eating. So I know you were someone that came to us, um, kind of in that, in that scenario. Um, so I would kind of just, I'd like to hear from you and walking or have you walk us through, um, like where you were kind of at in your health and fitness journey, um, before strong starts within and I guess you can kind of lead that in segue in that into where you are now. Yeah, sounds good. So I, the first diet I remember going on was when I was uh, 16. I it was, it was about to be my sweet 16. And I was like, I have to, I have to look thin. I have to buy the perfect dress. You know, of course, sweet 16 yes. back then was a huge, huge deal. And I was around the size, size I would say between 12 and 14. Uh, and I remember walking past this like store and it was called quick weight loss. And I, you know, of course, as millennials do, I was like, oh, instant gratification quick. Okay, let's do this. I have three months. Um, And so I was put on this kind of protocol that they put me on. It was a bunch of, you know, what now I think back, I think it was like centrine and and like appetite suppressants and omega Mm threes. And so while some of it was helpful, uh, I did lose 20 pounds in 45 days. Wow. And what that does for a 17 year old is is it sets up unrealistic expectations that you're always going to be able to lose the weight. Mm-hmm. However, I was eating like 1200 calories and for a 16 year old, that's not a lot when you're kind of moving. I was in color guard, you know, I played, I, I, I was very active at school and I was not eating enough, but I was yeah. getting skinny. So it didn't matter. Right. At that point, you don't right. really look at the pros and cons. You just look at the end result. Right. So that worked. I lose 20 pounds. I keep it off for about five years. And in the meantime, I kind of go up and down the same 10 pounds. And, uh, my now husband at the time, I meet him and he's really into working out. So he's like, you know, we should work out together. And, you know, he really encourages me, you know, at, at no point is he body shaming, but he is very encouraging. It's, it's, the, yeah. it's the lifestyle for him. And so, you know, we work out together. I start joining different workout classes. I start exploring this like workout culture. And this is when I'm like 19, 20, 21. Uh, and between that five years, I did everything from like Herbalife, to intermittent mm-hmm. fasting, to, you know, a Pilates class, to high intensity, to orange theory. I mean, I did it all. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, I was able to stay within that 10 pound range. So I felt fine. There was, mm-hmm. there was nothing wrong. Now at this point, I'm still eating 12 to 1400 calories because I knew that that's kind of what worked for me. Yeah. COVID hit. We we're planning a wedding. And now I'm like, all right, I got 20 pounds to lose. And I got a year. This is easy. I've done this before. I've done this before a hundred times. And what happens is as you get older, your body's not the same, right? The less you eat. I mean, at this point, I've I've essentially damaged my metabolism in ways that Mm -hmm. I don't even, I didn't even think I could recover from, but I didn't know at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I have a, I have a brother-in-law who is also kind of like does like yo-yo dieting. And so we kind of are on the journey together all the time. We're always talking about new diets, you know, and, and, you know, still unaware of kind of diet culture. And he says, well, hey, you know, my friends were doing, um, we're doing keto. You should try it. It really works. And so I hired a trainer and I started doing keto. And let me tell you, 
This is oh when keto gosh. was at its peak. I'm talking yes. Asian carb tortillas. I'm, ta- I'm talking chips. Quest chips come out. You know, sparkling ice comes out. I mean, there is keto products on the market like everywhere never seen before. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's easy. It's accessible. It's it's working, right? Right. However, what people don't tell you about keto is that a lot of the uh, sugar alcohols and a lot of the products have gut unhelpful ingredients. And at this point, you know, all I cared about was the result. Right. Because my whole life I had been told that I was overweight. And, and mind you, I was like a size 12. I wasn't even technically considered overweight or, or mm-hmm. obese. I was just on like the chubbier side. Yeah. But I always thought that, you know, I needed to be skinnier. I needed to be skinnier. And so I did everything, right? Now, keto works. Again, keto works, but it's the same thing as when I was on quick weight loss or when I was doing, you know, intermittent fasting. It works until it doesn't. And it works until you stop doing it. Right. Um, so I lose 15 pounds. And then I'm at this like plateau. And, you know, I have my bachelorette party. I look great. But in my mind, as all girls feel, you're never thin enough. I was never Mm -hmm. thin enough. Even on my wedding day, when I was at my thinnest, I wasn't thin enough. Mm -hmm. But I think to myself, okay, this is the last stretch. What can I do, Sonia? And so my brother-in-law comes up and he goes, there's another thing. And I'm like, what is it? Let's do it. What is it? What are we going to do? And uh, enter Optivia. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) We do Optivia for about a month and a half. I would say, I think they did it for about 60 days. Uh, I did it for like the last 40-ish days. And I dropped that last seven pounds. And let me tell you, at this point, when I lost seven pounds, I looked completely different because I was at that last, you know what they yeah. say, the last 10 pounds are the hardest to lose. Right. So when mm-hmm. I'm actually, when I lose the seven pound mark, I look significantly thinner. I don't look like I lost seven pounds. I look like I lost another 15 mm-hmm. because my cheeks are hollow. Yeah. And then what happened at that point was probably more damaging than all of the diets combined. My whole life, I thought, that if I just got skinnier, everything would be fine mm-hmm. and people would love me and I would be able to do all the things. And it happened. When I was skinny, the attention, the praise, I got mm-hmm. hit on everywhere I went, every outfit I wanted to wear, I could wear. And the fear that I always had came true in a way that it took me a long time to recover from that. Mm-hmm. I always really thought my worth was tied to my weight, but when it happened and it was, it's almost like, it's almost like you feel like you've been betrayed, mm-hmm. even though you knew that that was going to happen. But yeah. when it happened, I was internally, I was heartbroken because I, I felt like my whole life, I could have felt this way if I had just been skinnier, which a lot of people don't have much control over. Genetically, I didn't have much control over it. Right, right. And that combined with, you know, moving was just, it was not great for my mental health, but I want to go back for a second. So I did get married. And that's really powerful. fantastic. Yeah. yeah what you I just said fantastic. there was really powerful. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I had, we, it's an Indian wedding. So we had a five day wedding with seven events, so that's seven different outfits. You know, I, I, I felt beautiful. I looked beautiful and my wedding day was perfect. My wedding days. But what happened after that and, and the reality, when reality hit that this is something that A, is not sustainable. B, I may never look this way again because I worked so hard and I did so many sort of quick fixes that I mm-hmm. had to really come to terms with that it wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. So then fast forward, 
transition to a new city, come back to the reality. I'm away from my friends. I'm away from my family. I moved to a different state. And remember, my lifestyle hasn't changed at this point. It's just me going on what I called my little diet sprint. Right. Um, I start to sell food again with food because that's, you know, I've recently learned that's what I do. Um, the, the low carb lifestyle catches up to me in the form of like gut issues. Mm-hmm. And I realize at this point, I'm going to have to make peace with food in my body. Mm-hmm. Right. The worst is over. You've done it. You looked great. But now looking back, it wasn't really worth it. Mm-hmm. So well, you could go back and tell yourself that right in the moment. Right. right? But it's well, all a learning the, lesson. Yeah. I, I relate is, a lot to you, too. I, I think I, I almost feel like I wish I could go back and tell my 16 year old self before I even started this journey yeah. that, hey, you're fine. You look fine. Don't listen to them. Like you're, you're healthy. You're, you're happy. Don't put yourself in the situation that you're going to continue. Like if I had just could go back and tell her that when I was 16 yeah. myself, I feel like I would have saved myself a lot of like the up and down and the emotional roller coaster that comes with the same 15 pounds Yeah, over and right. over again. Yeah. And I think like you have such a powerful story too. And so it's like, obviously we can't go back in time. You can't tell your 16 year old self that, but I think like you have the empowerment to inspire other women to like not go down that path, even younger women or, you know, future kids, like whatever it is for you. Like, I think you have such a powerful story. And I think like, I relate a lot to you. And I think that's kind of how I even got like fell into my business. It's also like, well, I don't want to, I don't want any woman to go through what I went through like after weight loss. Cause I was very similar to you. And I was like, there's no way like that can't happen. Like I need to do something about this because most women don't understand that. And like, it's just such a cultural societal thing that it's like scary. Like we're still in 2023 and it's, it's not really changing much. No, it's not actually, it's worse because at the time when I was 16 or 17, I walked by a store and I saw quit weight loss. Now I just open up Instagram and there's like 7,000 trainers telling me that they can, you know, make me look a certain way. Yeah. So it, it, it's more damaging for sure. I agree. Especially too, with the younger kids now growing up with that type of social media. Like, I feel like Instagram kind of came out when we were like in high school, yes. but it wasn't really like a thing. And it's like, now those kids are growing up with Instagram, TikTok, like every social media platform. And it's just so damaging. Yeah. So, so I, I transition, I move, I, you know, I'm I'm learning that I need to make peace with food in my body, but then I have some gut issues. So I work with like a naturopath mm-hmm. and the naturopath says, well, you can't have any gluten. You can't have dairy. We need to eliminate everything and slowly reintroduce. I say, okay, so what do I eat? And she says, well, you can't have eggs. I want you to stay off meat. I want you to eat, you know, whole grains and rice. And to tell somebody that did keto for two years to eat mm-hmm. rice and bread and <clears throat> no meat, that's like a death sentence. Yeah. I'm, in my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm going to gain 55 pounds in, in, right. in a day. Um, but it's a six week protocol. I do do it because I do want to feel better. Uh, and that's the first glimpse into the fact that increasing my calories actually doesn't make me gain weight. Mm. And so that's like my first inkling. But again, the focus is more on healing, right? So we're right. working on supplements. We're doing bone broth. We're doing a lot of things to heal the gut lining because I got diagnosed with um, what's a SIBO and um, intestinal permeability or leaky gut. And so it's about a year of process where I just focus on kind of healing that portion. Mm-hmm. And I, I, at this point, I no longer care about my body, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. I live in a city far, far away from 
all of the people that told me or showed me or kind of unknowingly mm -hmm. uh, were guiding me towards weight loss that I realized that I really didn't care that much. Mm -hmm. As long as I felt comfortable and I, you know, it was like my own little bubble. It didn't matter what I looked like. So it almost was freeing in a way to be able to do that while I was here yeah. versus in my usual environment. Not yeah. that my friends and family were not supportive. It's just the culture from where I'm from is very much about weight loss and very vain mm -hmm. and very much um, how you look. Yeah. People have yeah. It it's sounds like South Asian culture. Yeah. It sounds like for you too, like moving to Florida just gave you more space and like mental mental space to even like kind of have that aha moment or like realization right like once you took yourself out of that environment it was like oh like I'm not sitting in this and I actually like don't really care that much like yeah exactly so we go through this sort of healing journey um but I, I don't I didn't love the practitioner I worked with I didn't love the way that she, you know we did things uh did she help me 100% would I go back and continue with her no she was very busy. Mm -hmm. I didn't love, I didn't love that. And to me, that's when I realized, okay, I really need to work with somebody or a, a team or a practitioner that has the time because I have a lot of questions. Anybody, I'm very inquisitive. It's some, it's, my family finds it very annoying. To be honest. <laughs> but I like to know everything. I like yeah. to know, you know, I have questions that you wouldn't even think of on like a first call. And that's okay. I've learned that, you know, that's who I am. Mm -hmm. And I I like to be prepared. I am the oldest child of a very South Asian household. I like to be prepared. That is what it comes down to. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, so I, you know, spend this time to heal my gut, and then I start looking, and I, I realize, okay, this is the year. I turned thirty this year, and I think, okay, this is the year we're going to find the right practitioner, the right team to help you, you know, kind of make peace with your body. And through some research that I did on my own, I realized, okay, the way to do that is. Um, I need to work with like probably macros because that's mm -hmm. the best way for me to not feel afraid of, of food. Yeah. During this time where I'm kind of going through this journey, my sister has a baby. My older sister had a baby. She had two actually. And I kind of watched her struggle and mm -hmm. watched her struggle, gain the weight, lose the weight, and then gain it again. And then having a hard time losing it. And I could see that she spent so much time fighting herself and food. Mm -hmm. and, and she's an, she's an OB-GYN. She's very successful. She's very educated. But at the end of the day, she was still struggling with some of the things that I could see myself struggling with. Yeah. And that was my aha moment where I was like, I cannot be in this situation five years from now. No. So what am I going to do to fix my relationship with food? And what am I going to do to make sure I fix my relationship with food before I have a daughter, if yeah. I have a daughter, because I cannot be this person because kids are resilient and they're, they're very, very adaptive and they, they mm -hmm. understand everything. And they watch, they watch everything. Yeah. So I was working out, uh, but I could not get that nutrition part right, which is kind of how I came to Strong Starts Within. And I have to say, it has been a journey. And I'll tell you why. Yeah. It's been a journey because it is such a mind twist because the first thing that we did is add food. I don't think I've ever eaten as many calories as I do now. And so the first three weeks I spent just learning how to add in more food because I was so yeah. not used to it. I, I, I texted my coach one time. I was like, I'm tired of eating. 
this is so much food. <laughs> You're like, I am not used to this. <laughs> and she was like, well, add, you know, make, make your meals bigger instead of eating so many times. So she, she's great. Uh, my coach is uh, Allison. She's fantastic. But that's what we did. We did what, what she called a reverse diet, which I've seen on Instagram before, but yeah. it was my first time doing it. And I, I have to say I was very skeptical. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. I mean, most women are. So like, I love having you on because you're able to kind of like walk us through that journey of like, you were skeptical in the beginning. You're like, what are we doing? And like I said, most women are like, this is counterintuitive to what I want. Very. Uh, and, and I grew up eating a lot of vegetarian food, which is very low calorie. So mm-hmm. just even the volume of food was a lot. Yeah. And when you eat keto, you eat two, two times a day, but you eat, you know, big, heavy, like de- nutrient dense meals. And so just the volume of food, it took about three weeks to get used to. And my husband was like, you're eating that much rice. I'm like, yeah, I have to. And he was like, great. He's like, I'll have it too. I'm like, great. And then I was all like, you're not eating enough, Samir. You're not eating enough. And he's like, oh, <laughs> God. I love the husband comments. And they're like, you're really eating that? I'm like, hell, yeah, hell yeah, we are. <laughs> he's so used to me eating cauliflower rice, you know, with everything that he yeah. was, he was, he was really happy for me. He, you know, he, he has always been such a pillar of strength in terms of, he understands he's been kind of part of my journey right. and he was so happy that I was eating more because again, like I said, he comes from like a health and fitness background. He knows right. that you're supposed to eat more. That's so, exciting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. So, you know, I started in, I think end of February and I've been, you know, reverse maintaining for about seven weeks now. And I just started my cut. We take pictures every week, which I actually really appreciate because turns out mm-hmm. pictures are better than the scale. Yep. But when you're on keto, I was tied to the scale. Tied. Yep. That's why I was with Weight Watchers, weighing myself three days, three times a week. Or sorry, three times a day. Like psychotic. Three times a day? Yes. After every meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner, I had a, a very disordered relationship mm-hmm. with the scale. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I know we kind of touched on this like before, like although the scale hasn't really budged, like tell us about that. Because I think so yes, many women are so married to the number on the scale. That's been the most mind twisting thing as well is my photos week over week over week. I'm getting a little bit, a little bit smaller and mind you, it's not, it's not quick. Mm -hmm. And it's very counterintuitive to the quick sprint, my diet sprint, what I have to call. But I have spent quite a lot of time in the past seven weeks looking at my photos and week over week, there's a very, very small difference, which tends to add up. However, I'm down one pound. Yeah seven or eight weeks now, eight weeks, I think. Yeah. But I look thinner. I feel thinner. I do feel satisfied for the first time when I'm eating. I love this. I finally feel like there's freedom when I go out, I can have, you know, I can have dessert and bread. And I just, you know, I I know that I can fit it in. I, you know, I, I go to, I love brunch. It's my favorite meal ever. And before I would be so afraid to even go out because, you know, what mm-hmm. am I going to eat besides eggs and bacon or not even bacon? I can't even have bacon, turkey bacon, you know, which again, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't even, it, it doesn't hit the spot, if you will, for like a good brunch. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm able to enjoy my life and I'm able to enjoy, you know, going home to see my family and eating all of the food. And I'm able to enjoy the day to day because I'm eating meals every single day that have fast proteins and carbs. Yeah. And that like gave me goosebumps too, because I think that right there is just like that, that piece that's unlocked for you that like, 
will truly show that you can sustain this forever. And like, this really is like a balance and it's a lifestyle. And like, like you said, you can have bread and, and dessert. Like you can go out to brunch. Like it really is that lifestyle change. And like that for me, like ultimately unlocking that food freedom for you is like so fucking powerful. And like, so cool because this is going to be something you'll have forever and something you can teach your, you know, future children. And like, that's cool. Yeah. So I'm, I love that. Yeah. So. And it, it taught me how to eat too. Right. Because yeah. you, when you're, when you're, when you're following macros, you can't just eat chicken all day because you have to eat the carbs and you have to hit the fat. So right. there's, there's times where I'm, I'm looking at my plate and it's like a protein. And then I have to have like four or five carrots, like big, the big like you know, the big carrots that you slice yeah. And I can have chips with my sandwich sometimes because yeah. I just can, you know, but at the same time, I have to incorporate all three every single meal or else I will not hit goal, which in turn makes me full right. and satisfied. Right, right. And every macro plays that important role in your body. And that that's cool too, to realize like I can have chips too. Like I don't, don't just have the sandwich on the low calorie, mm-hmm. thin bread. Like I can eat regular freaking bread. Like it's very cool. And that for me also macros is like, that really is what healed my relationship with food in the end and just really healed those disordered feelings and thoughts that I had around food. So it's very powerful. And I'm so happy to hear your experience has been nothing but amazing. Um, I want to have you talk a little bit about your blog. Cause I know that you just launched it. Um, did day is so exciting. Congrats. Uh, yeah, so tell us a little bit about that blog of yours. Yeah, so like I said, I'm turning 30 this year, which is a big milestone. Uh, so I wanted to do a few things that would get me out of my comfort zone. Uh, one of them, of course, was working with a macro coach because I really wanted to, like I said, heal my relationship with food. Uh, the second thing was I have been working out consistently more this this year. This year is all about consistency. So I've been working it. out consistently. I will say I do not like to work out. I will, I have accepted that I will never like to work out, but I've also accepted that it's something that I will have to always do. Mm-hmm. And there's been freedom in that as well. Mm-hmm. So there's these, these sort of realizations that have come to this year. Uh, and the third realization was that I actually have been talking about starting a blog for, I don't know, five years, but it was always a, almost a joke. Yeah. And I spent so much time doing so much for other people and other things that I could have done it, but I never really did. I never took it seriously. So I promised myself this year that I was going to write a blog. Now you can say whatever you want, but then to do it is a whole thing. It's a whole different action behind the words. Oh yeah. Different ball game. So I, I kept getting asked, well, what is the blog going to be about? And I was like, uh, I don't know. And the reality is I still don't know. I mean, please go and read it. You'll see, I, I'm very honest in that this is just something, it's a personal blog. It's something that I'm trying out. It's something that I'm trying to get out of my comfort zone about and putting myself out there. And as of right now, it's just stories. It's stories I like to tell. It's lists I like to make. It's a reflection of my day-to-day. It's a creative outlet. Yeah. And the writing wasn't the hard part. The WordPress creating a website marketing it has been actually the challenge because look turns out there's more to it than just writing 
<laughs> I know, right? If only you could just write it in a diary and then, or like in a journal and just like post it on there yeah. without all the technical sides of things. <laughs> yeah. So getting out of my comfort zone turned out not actually the writing because that came very easy to meet with the other stuff yeah. that comes with it. So I picked up new skills, which I'm really, really impressed by. Um, and it honestly is a creative outlet, like I said, for me to express in a way that I've, I've always thought about doing, but never yeah. have. And people that know me when they read the blog, they are very like, oh my gosh, I can actually hear you talking. Like this is your voice. That's and so cool. it's really important for me to, to, to keep my voice. Cause I, I feel like it's a great voice. Yeah, it is. And what are your hopes for this blog? Just to continue to just share your stories and have other women or just people in general read it or what are your like kind of hopes or ideal outcomes or you don't know yet? Yeah. So the ideal outcome is just to have, you know, a good readership. Yeah. I think there are so many women who like, I'm not that comfortable on social media to, to yeah. be on a reel or to be, you know, uh, in, in a poster, you know, but I can write. Mm -hmm. And so the goal is to give other women something that they feel comfortable reading and can relate to without necessarily having to put themselves in mediums that they don't feel comfortable in. I love that. That's super powerful. That's really cool. And I think too, just like, I think this can help hopefully inspire the listeners too to like do something out of their comfort zone. Like I know you were like, oh, I'm turning 30. And that was kind of like that, like exciting motivation. Um, but if you're listening to this, just realize, remember, like you don't have to have even a reason. Like I challenge you to step out of your comfort zone today and do something that scares you. I try to do something that is out of my comfort zone every single day. And I think you're right there with me right in this vlog and I'm excited to see where it goes and I will definitely be following you and reading all of your journeys and stories and I'm excited for you yeah thank you I mean for someone who was sort of judged her whole life because of the size of her body yeah. it's so interesting to see the amount of love and attention from the same people when I posted a blog interesting mm -hmm. it is it's very interesting and it almost made me rethink that maybe my worth isn't tied to it. So part of this is also just reversing those yeah. thoughts um, and understanding that my worth has nothing to do with my body and my body, and the number on the scale is the least interesting thing about me. It really is. So. Yeah. And I think that's something that I, I still struggle with the identity part. I think for the longest time I identified my worth to the scale. I finally moved past that, started this business. Now I'm struggling with identifying my worth to my business. And so, yeah. and I'm sure you can relate on certain levels. And so like my therapist, like always talks to me about this. He's like, well, who are you like outside of your business or like outside of going to the gym and working out? Like if all that went away, like who is Taylor? And I think the answer to that question is that it's just an ongoing journey. Like, who are we? Like, I think that's the whole point of life is like through self-discovery, but like also recognizing that we are more than these things. We are more than the number on the scale or our body or, you know, our success in a career, whatever it is, like we are so much more than that. And I think that is something that we just continue to work on forever. I think I will be probably working on that forever. Oh yeah. I feel like I, <laughs> I you know, I, I recently read that you can be um, a masterpiece and a work of art. A work of art I love that. Yeah. And I have to, I have to remind myself that because again, there was the South Asian culture is all about perfection, mm -hmm. but I am a South Asian raised in the U.S. Yeah. So it's a very, very different dichotomy that I live with on a day-to-day. -day. So yeah, that's powerful. I'm so glad well, to hear you say that. 
Yes. And I'm excited to follow along your, your journey on your blog. Um, Sonia says.com. Is that all it is? Yes. Okay, perfect. And we'll tag the, um, or we'll have the website in the show notes here. So for those of you listening, um, definitely check out her blog. We'll have the link in the bio of the show notes. And then um, on Instagram, is that probably the easiest way people can like find you and connect with you? Yeah. Okay. Cool. <clears throat> I know that's just at Sonia says, we're keeping it simple <laughs> as she said. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I will also tag you too in the show notes. Um, but yeah, anything else to wrap this episode up, to leave with our listeners? Yeah. I just, I want to say I spent so much time at war with myself and my body as in, in my mind, I saw my body as separate from me. Mm-hmm. And the day that I realized that I was doing more harm than good by doing that yeah. is the day I made changes. And it's the day that I actually significantly became happier. Wow. So I, I really encourage everyone to really think about when you think about yourself, do you think about yourself and your body as two separate entities mm-hmm. or are you just being and what do you think was that switch like what do you think helped you understand that or like realize that just for the listeners out there that maybe are struggling with that yeah I think it was the day I realized that my body was never going to be good enough for me to Mm -hmm. feel a certain way like I said even at my thinnest I wasn't thin enough yeah and I had I had to shift my mindset to think okay well if I'm at this weight which is my goal weight and I still don't feel thin enough it's not my body's fault at that point right it's me yeah I have never fully accepted who I am and so that was the biggest shift powerful yeah I think a lot of a lot of our listeners can relate to that and and that's that's really helpful so thank you Sonia I'm so happy you were able to come join us and like I said we'll tag all of you all of your things in the notes um and yeah thanks again we really I really enjoyed having you and thanks for coming on and sharing your story Yes, definitely. And please follow my blog. It's actually really funny. I'm, I'm pretty funny. So, you know, if anything, you'll get a laugh. Um, and it's, it's, again, it's, I'll continue to share my personal journey. So yeah, I'm excited. And I can't wait Thank to see where so it goes from here too. It's just the beginning. Right. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome.